Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing okay, Joe. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. So um, I see you um, putting yourself out there to be on more podcasts as uh, Summers over on Wrestling Cheers is doing draft shows, I guess. Yeah, you know what it is? You cannot have a draft show without having the draft show king on there. And I, I, I basically I made myself available that for the right price, I would be on Wrestling Cheers. And I am happy to announce that uh, I have been booked. I will be smashing and stacking Ronald Two Legs and Stacy on the next <laughs> episode of uh, AIW Draft. So you're it's not the Deathmatch King. Nope. It's not the it's not the king of the seas. Nope. <laughs> now you already ran one draft show completely out of business. They're done. Well, I don't know if I ran it out of business. I feel like the fact that I wasn't on there every episode is what ran it out of business. Mm. You know, like it was you can only have so much of me before people are like uh you know, I want more, and they just didn't give them more. <laughs> that right. was the problem. That's why there's no more A show. <laughs> well, again, I, I hope Summers knows what he's getting involved with, uh, volunteering to have you on the show, on a draft show. Um, it, it, it has led to good things for other people before. I'm sure it'll lead to great things for them as well. I did not get a chance to listen. I am very behind uh, on my podcasts, um, but again, I, I'm excited to listen to uh, who was it? It was um, it was Ed Summers and Charlie Butters. Okay, but yeah, I, I did listen to it. It was a good episode. It was very quick. Like I, I'm used to any kind of drafting show taking at least two three hours. <laughs> so if there, I hopefully Summers edited it down to a snackable like hour that it was because. Right. Uh, I, I know that my show, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance is going to go at least 45. OK. And I think there's a little bit of collusion, you know, putting me on a show with all these AIW experts. You got one guy who works for the company and then you're going to drop me in there. I, it's an uphill battle. So when I win this and maintain my undefeated draft show streak, uh, it's going to be all the more impressive. I'm excited what? for it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I thought you were gonna you were about to question my undefeated status. I'm no, again, there's no one I listen, there's no one to dispute what you say, you know? Exactly. There's no way to prove me wrong. Right. Or or wrong. Right. There's no way to prove you right or no way to prove you wrong. So exactly. Yeah. All right. So hey, let's get into our show. How about that? Let's do it. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. What a beautiful and audible jingle that was, Joe. There you go. So I would have, well, let's not bore people with the technical issues. <laughs> as far as they know, everything's working seamlessly, right? Exactly. Right. Um, so, nice, easy, quick, snackable um, this day in wrestling history. So I'll squeeze it out to about 20 to 25 minutes, right? Sure. All we got is the head-to-head -head 1998 Monday Night Raw versus Nitro, right? Okay. We are on the road to WrestleMania um, 14? Sure. 
and we are live in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you look at the card, and obviously the wrestling isn't as appetizing as one would like, but uh, we do get several big moments. We get our announced main event of Raw this week of Kane taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Which does not happen because DX jumps uh, Steve Austin before he can get to the ring. He's stretchered out, and then The Undertaker makes his first appearance on TV since being lit on fire at the Royal Rumble and accepts the challenge of Kane for WrestleMania. Okay. And we get two, I would say, pretty big moments uh, in wrestling history. All right, let's hear it. What I'm doing right now is treating you like a man. But make no mistake about it, Mike. I am calling your ass out right now, right here, boy. Ooh. Man, man, oh, man. You want to do it? Let's do it right now. You get your people out of here, I'll get my people out of here, and you and me will handle this man to man. Shawn Michaels, can you say Mitch Green? Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson are fixing the title! I think Shawn could take him. Yeah? Yeah. I think heavily filled up Shawn Michaels. Get <laughs> on a coherent uh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> But I very vividly remember watching this live. Oh, me too. Get him, Sean. Get him. Don't rip off his shirt. Just get him. It's <laughs> the way all people fight is by poking at shirts. It's trash talk. <laughs> Come on, hit me, boy. I think Tyson just called him a motherfucker. <laughs> too long. They're taking too long. Oh, yeah. They're building the moment. Oh, my God. What a coup. What a get. <laughs> the official fourth member of D-Generation X. Why DX was the best, best stable. Hang on, we gotta get. Hang on, is there enough time that they show it in here? I hope so. There you go. <laughs> it's not the worst chop. Uh, those are pretty bad. That's only. That's only second to um the second best thing that we get out of Mike Tyson joining DX is number two is his horrible crotch chops. <laughs> and uh, number one, we'll save for next week because I think Tyson's on uh, TV every week from now until Mania. All right, looking forward. I hope he cuts a great promo. So, well, again, more on that later. So that's the number two most important thing that happened on this episode of Monday Night Raw. The number oh. one most important thing that happened on this episode of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Now listen, I could watch the whole thing, but 
<laughs> he makes the big triumphant return. He jumps from WCW back to WWF. Cuts the shoot promo, does the sit-down things, and now here we are four months later, and he's just back to the country music superstar. Yeah, gone is the NWA thing, right? Well, he, was- he, right, he fired Jim Cornette, and he mentions in this promo that him and, uh, that him and the NWA are no more. NWA is going to go off to do bigger and better things, but not as big and not as better as what Double J is going to be. He has Robert Fuller, a.k.a. Colonel Robert Parker, Tennessee Lee with him as well. And this is going to be the slow evolution over, like, the next five months uh, to, uh, you know, the don't piss me off Jeff Jarrett that we, you know, that would later become slap nuts Jeff Jarrett and, like, evolve into the, you know, current day modern Jeff Jarrett, you know, one of the best of all time. (laughs) You're king of the mountain and eventually. Let me ask you this, Joe, hypothetically. Yeah. All right. You've all your bills are paid up. All right. You have no lingering issues. Taxes are pilled or paid. Uh, cars paid off. You got a little extra money in your pocket. Maybe you got your tax return. All Maybe right. Some a long lost aunt left you some money in a will. Sure. And, and then all of a sudden, that light up hat and sunglasses combo goes up on eBay. <sighs> What is your max bid to add that to your collection? Nah, it's a, I don't have a collection, so I couldn't add it. But well, but, to start to the, to start a collection, you could have a room dedicated to it. It's just an I, empty room with that on a podium. I would need the room. You know what I mean? Like I would use that money to like get the wing of the house set up first. You know? Well, no, let's just say you have the space. Don't don't ruin All this. Right. I want to know. I I want the Aztec gear first. Really? Yes. Oh, see, I feel like the, the, the flashing JJ hat and glasses combo is the killer combo. I think the Aztec thing is a little bit more um, a little bit more unique. It's a little bit more uh, rare of a thing. I think he only wore it on TV, like maybe like less than 10 times. And that where you pull that in together. And that begins because in my mind, that's the tougher piece to get. Right. OK. Um, so you get that piece first, and that's like the linchpin of your collection. And then once you have that in your collection, then all the other pieces kind of fall into place a little bit easier, you know? Gotcha. So what's your price? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much these things go for, you know? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, listen, I'm not a fancy gentleman. I don't know how these things work, you know? Yeah. All now, right. The the other thing, uh, obviously, we have Nitro. And again, I'll say this. Uh, Nitro is the most nothing burger of nothing burgers of all time, right? All right. Uh, they're in the three-hour uh, era of Monday Nitro. They're kind of working out some of these matches a little bit. You know, we're, we're still getting a ton of job matches, but they're not as, like, jobbery as job matches as they had been uh for the last couple of weeks like they're saving that for thunder you know yeah these are the the star jobbers right so on on thunder this week they hyped up that uh the main event of nitro this week is going to be uh randy savage who's still a member of the nwo technically and sting taking on the hulkster and the number one contender for sting's title which is scott hall because scott hall had won world war three uh four months ago right okay and I know you're going to be surprised to hear this, Adam, but the match ends in a non-finish and it what? ends up a beatdown. Shocking, shocking. Right. But that was probably only like the second time the Monday Night Wars they did that, right? Right. Now, 
highs and lows from all of this, okay? Up to uh, uh so up to this moment, um this night of 25 years ago was the most combined for the two shows that anyone was watching Monday night wrestling. I don't know what the number was, but like this was like a huge benchmark. This is where like it really begins. Like WWF is still in second place, but this is like the highest combined number of the two shows in both shows histories, right? Okay. Um this Nitro, which was at the Spectrum or whatever the hell it was called at the time in Philly, was the biggest gate of any Nitro up to this point as well. So as bad as things are going to get, like as bad as things might be right now for WCW and as bad as things are going to get over the next couple months and the next year, there's they're making more money now than they had the previous two years. It's just that they're hemorrhaging payroll by paying a billion people to stay home and not wrestle and right, guarantee well, okay. long-term deals. So it's it, it's that, right? But those deals have been in place with people in 94 and 95 and 96 and 97 the problem is WWF was so bad at that time, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go watch the bad show? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now WWF is starting to get their shit together, get the show a little bit better. Now, I don't listen to the Eric Bischoff podcast no more. I listened to one episode and like he was immediately caught in a lie and then just brushed it off. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I see people posting the clips all the time, right? And I'll I'll, I'll watch a, a minute 18 clip of the Eric Bischoff show, right? Sure. So last week's narrative was about the pay-per-view sold out, or not sold out, Super Brawl. And Conrad was giving him shit like, why wasn't Ric Flair? Why wasn't Bret Hart? Why wasn't this? Like, why, why, why all these things weren't on the pay-per-view, right? Like, why was there a Disco Inferno versus La Parca match on the pay-per-view, but there was no Bret Hart match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Bischoff said, eh, we didn't really need Bret Hart at that time. Okay? He's, he, he's saving his big guns. I guess, right? So anything that Conrad brought up last week about Bret and Ric Flair and the laundry list of people that weren't on that pay-per-view, he was just like, we didn't need them at the time. We didn't need them at the time. We didn't need them at the time. So then with this week, talking about this Nitro, Bischoff's thing is, we screwed up. Brett's first match on Nitro is a DQ against Brian Adams, right? Yeah. Where they screw up the finish, and it looks like they're setting up Ric Flair and Brett as a team to take on Mr. Perfect and Brian Adams as a team. And those four after this week never touch ever again, right? Yeah. This episode of Nitro was the first promo Sting has cut. Since he went up into the rafters, you know, two and a half years ago. No hype, no promotion, no nothing. Just in the middle of the show, like he's a guy. Sting just cuts a promo, right? Yeah. And Bischoff's whole thing is like, yeah, this week we made a lot of mistakes. So a week ago, when you were keeping all these huge names off your pay-per-view, they weren't needed. But now here we are a week later, and it's just like drop ball after drop ball after drop ball. And 25 years later, he's saying like, yeah, we screwed up, but that's the problem. You're leaving big names off your pay-per-views. You're putting your big names on TV, and you're screwing them up. WWF is going to eat their lunch in less than four weeks. And then six weeks from now, it's going to be no turning back. It's done for WCW. Like, we are now in the, like, they're still making money, so Bischoff will hold his hat to that. 
They're still doing great buys on pay-per-view, but those would soon go away. And the live gates would soon go away, right? Because everything is like on a three to four month cycle. So like this three to four month period is up, but this three to four month period of TV is so bad, the next three to four month period of of gates goes down significantly and pay-per-view buys goes down significantly. And like, this is one of those moments where like to hear Bischoff on a difference of two weeks in 2023 say, yeah, the pay-per-view was great. We didn't need to have a Bret Hart match or a Ric Flair match or this match or that match on there. And then the following week say like, yeah, we screwed up Sting. We screwed up Bret Hart. We should have did this. We should have that. We should have did this. This is the end for WCW right here. Yeah, because, I mean, you can watch a terrible couple episodes of Nitro, but you would have already had purchased a pay-per-view ticket for three months from now. So it takes right. a while for those those ticket sales to dry up. That makes yep. sense. Uh, so that's really all we got for this Dan Wrestling history. But uh, a fascinating look of what the next couple of weeks of TV are going to be 25 years ago. Yeah, plus I do like the compromise of for every Jeff Jarrett clip you get, I get a Shawn Michaels one. That works out nicely. Right. Shawn's going to be going away soon, so it's okay. Get them in while we can. Ah, oh, man, that's not fair. Uh, All right, I guess we should talk about what happened the past week. Yeah, what would you like to talk about? Where would you like to begin, sir? Uh, I, I don't feel like there's a lot, because I just took a quick look at your notes that are on the screen, and I feel like they were all overlapping. But I'm going to start with... Uh, probably the best match from this past week, which was the AEW Face of the Revolution ladder match, which was uh, Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, Action Andretti, Powerhouse, I'm sorry, P -p 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 Powerhouse Hobbs, AR Fox, Commander, Eddie, and Ortiz. Um, I, I always like these matches. I don't care. You know, like I like a car crash ladder match and these ones for the big Sonic, the hedgehog ring are always fun. Uh, I did not like the fact that we had Eddie and Ortiz brawl to the back almost instantly. I get that, you know, they've got a storyline. They've got a heated like, you know, rivalry now. And neither one of them is really suited for some of the shit we were about to see. And I get that. But uh, there was three huge spots that I made it a point to write down. Uh, Commander, and I guess this was his first like AEW match. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. That is correct. This was this was his AEW debut. Yeah, so I mean, obviously a star making performance from him. Uh, he did like a I don't know like a shooting star backflip type deal to the outside onto AR Fox, who was laying across some ladders. That was awesome. Sammy Guevara doing the Jeff Hardy Swanton onto Action Andretti. And then, obviously, Takeshita doing a blue thunderbomb from the top of the ladder on Commander. Uh, really, really exciting match. Not for everybody, but I loved it. And, obviously, it led to uh, maybe uh, Eddie Kingston doing something shortly thereafter, but I'll leave that to you. But really fun match. I think that AEW was, was a good show, not a great show, but there were some great go-home promos from Mox and Hangman. And the tag battle royal was fun afterwards as well. So I uh, really like that ladder match. Yeah, so I'm not typically a flippy-doo guy, but this was a really good flippy-doo match. Yep. Um, only because I think uh, they did a bit where they announced the participants for this. And Eddie, was, uh, Eddie on social media was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. uh, like saying, like, that's how he found out about it. His promo on the road to... Uh, for this was like saying like nah he's taking himself out of the match you don't do ladder matches and of course they do him and Ortiz getting out of the match quickly so we're just down to six 
I think these matches work a little better when there's six as opposed to eight. Eight gets a little too clunky. Uh, people need to lay around for a bit. And obviously, you talking about uh, the mechanics of the match, and it was a great match. Uh, my talking points about this match would be, uh, obviously, they were in his hometown, um, but how super over Hobbs was. Oh, yeah. And they made him look like a killer in his hometown in winning this match, you know? Plus, I think, like, he hasn't been on TV other than those, like, Book of Hobbs promos yeah. that they've been doing for a while. So I feel like if he had put on this performance really in any AEW town, he would have gotten a similar, you know, backing. Yeah, you know, he's been on Dark here and there. Um, you know, he's been kind of off TV, like, since the last pay-per-view almost. Uh, this was a good way to re-debut him, like I said, winning the match, looking like a monster, everything else. Um, but just based on that crowd reaction, um, this is the sort of like mindset I am, and it's why I should not be and would not be in charge of a wrestling promotion. Um, like, I would have just said, screw it, have Hobbs challenge for the belt right now and have him beat Joe right now for the belt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just keep that momentum going. Like, why wait a week? Like, a million things could happen between now and next Wednesday when he has the match at Joe. Um, I would have just said, screw it, have the match with Joe right now, and he beats Joe, you know? Yeah, and plus, uh, we both love Samoa Joe. I think that's well documented. But there's so many deserving challengers in AEW and Ring of Honor that you can't waste two belts on one person. You know, it's cool to have Joe be the king of television, but there's so many people that need to be strapped up. And especially, look at Ricky Starks. Look at the momentum he had. Where it was like this guy should be this, this guy could be world champion. Like you were like he could be Jericho or he could be whoever it was that was champion at the time. He could beat MJF. Um, but like they screw up the momentum and then it kind of cools down because they don't strike when the iron's hot. They need to put a belt on Hobbs immediately. I, I have a feeling they're gonna. Um I, I certainly hope so. Whether it be uh Wardlow beats Joe and then Hobbs beats Wardlow or whatever, right? I, I think come next week. Hobbs should be uh, the TNT champion. Uh, the other thing from this match, of course, is the ladder discourse, Adam. Have you seen the ladder discourse? Uh, yeah, I saw. And then I I think it, it, the expert counter to that is the pictures of, like, the TLC matches that WWE used to run, where, like, there was, like, six ladders holding Jeff Hardy, or six referees yeah. holding Jeff Hardy's ladder. But y- y- those people are always going to come out of the fucking woodwork. Right. And it was one of those things where Hobbs does the deal where he just like crashes in the ladder and completely fucks it up. And it's like, it is time to go to the finish. Your options are either somehow finagle away to get this ladder or count in like however many seconds it is to get a new ladder into the ring. And the referees and Hobbs and whatever made the decision just to go with that ladder that was there. And the referees did what they had to do so that the winner of this match, possibly the future TNT champion, did not look like a complete fool climbing up that ladder. Plus, even if he didn't bend that ladder all out of shape, even if it was a perfectly good functioning ladder, when he climbed that thing, like, he's not the tallest guy on the planet. He climbs it and he stands on the top rung. I, you know, like, if that was a perfectly good ladder, him standing at the top would have still been shaky. Yeah. Like that, even with the refs holding it, when he was standing, holding up the, the ring, I was like a little nervous. I was like, can you, can you, can you please get down? Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Um, but, but again, I, it's just there is a segment of people on both sides, which is ridiculous to say that we have to treat wrestling fans and wrestling fandom in this way that are going to shit on everything that AEW does, even if it's stuff that WWF does. And there's people that are going to shit on WWF uh, for everything that they do, even if it's stuff that AEW does. And listen, I'm not Mr. Positivity. I'll be the first one to dig the knife and make my remarks. But like, I don't like. I, I try my best not to be hypocritical about it. And these people seem to go out of their way, literally climbing a ladder and hopping a fence, to be as hypocritical as possible about this sort of thing. Yeah, and it's so easily like disproved. Because <laughs> like every right. single one of those things, there was like, yeah, AEW. Look at all the referees holding the ladder. This guy can't climb a ladder on his own. And then there's just immediately. You know, here's 20 examples of the WWE doing it over the last, like, five years, ten years, whatever. And that doesn't matter. Like, none of these people are going to be like, oh, man, I got God. I should I should stop this, you know? They right. exist in a bubble where they don't care. But I, I reserve the right to, to just be super negative about the WWE in my second talking point. But you can go. All ahead. right. Well, I'll go. So, okay, my next talking point is WWE. Okay. And as I mentioned, 25 years ago, we are on the road to WrestleMania, just like currently we are on the road to WrestleMania, right? Yeah. And WrestleMania is two nights. It's Saturday and Sunday. And we got to load up both these cards. And right now, it feels like a one-match, two-night card. <laughs> yeah. um, we got Cody and Roman. You know, they haven't officially announced... Uh, Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos, which I'm sure they're gonna. But the rest of the stuff that they're building is stuff that they just started building within the last like week or two. And I know this is just the way that WrestleMania is now, but I don't know, man. I remember when WrestleMania builds were kind of special, you know? Yeah, um, I, okay. I'm not saying that it's not going to be enjoyable to see like Maxim Male Models versus Alpha Academy or, um, <laughs> Omos versus Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. Like, these are all going to be, like, spectacle, like, dumb matches. Um, And whatever they're building up with, I think, like, New Day and LA Knight. I'm fine with all this stuff. But all of this stuff just feels like stuff that was pulled out of a hat. And listen, this is the way that wrestling, WrestleMania builds have been for the most part for the last, like, 20 years. But when you have a two-night WrestleMania, like, have a little foresight, have a little planning. And yes, we know that over the summer Vince was ousted. And yes, we all could point at every segment that happens on a raw and SmackDown. It's like, Oh, that's proof. Vince is back. That's proof. Vince is back or whatever it is. Right. I don't know. Like maybe build two angles longer than a month. That's all. Like, I'm not asking for everything to be this long thought out, uh, important thing. Like, give me two storylines to care about. <laughs> Yeah, um, this was also something I was going to talk about for a couple different reasons. I, I watched Raw, I don't want to say from start to finish, but I gave it more attention than I've given Raw in a long time just because I was kind of curious what's going to happen at Mania, just like you were talking about. Like, do we know what is already on the books and so on? So I did, uh, on my own free time, uh, does Adam know the card? Oh, <laughs> boy. I, I wrote down what I knew were the matches uh, at least when I was done watching Raw. And as you mentioned, Roman versus Cody, Lesnar versus Omos, Les Lashley versus uh, Bray Wyatt. 
Uh, Bianca versus Asuka is announced. And I think we are, uh, it's pretty much set in stone that we're going to have uh, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus against uh, Damage Control. You know, I think that's pretty much like why else would you have Trish Stratus come out on Raw if you're not going to set up that that three on three tag match? But I mean, first of all, I just want to comment like Lita. Good God, man, she can't be bothered to run the ropes hard, let alone have anything like to contribute in that match. But we're going to get her instead of Alexa Bliss at Mania. But go figure. But like, I agree with you. There's nothing really exciting about this show. Like. Normally, you can look forward to a Roman Reigns pay-per-view match, but I'm going to be salty because Cody's going to win. I'm sorry. Let me let me fix that. Cody's going to finish the story. That that's the big talking point now. I don't know if you've caught that in promos. He, he punched now, he punched his ticket. No, no, no. He said that if you watch and listen to it, doesn't matter if it's Cody. He did it. Sami Zayn did it. I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens said it. They're all saying I'm going to finish the story. So this has to be like a talking point that was mm-hmm. given to these people to basically pump WrestleMania, that WrestleMania is going to be, quote, finishing the story for wrestlers because three different wrestlers used it in their promos on Raw this week. Mm. Very cookie cutter. So it's like, yes, uh, Sami Zayn finishing the story against the bloodline is going to be him and Kevin Owens beating the Usos, obviously. So there's – I think the thing with Mania is – it being on two nights is gonna it, it ruins it for me because at least if it was one like five hour clusterfuck, like you can at least get together with your friends and watch it like it's the Royal Rumble, you know. But when it's two nights, it's like oh, that's like ten hours of wrestling that I'm I'm gonna enjoy an hour and a half of. But I'm not looking forward to anything on this so far. Right, and they have a couple weeks they can turn things around, you know. I mean, by adding a couple extra matches, sure, but right, everything that's on paper here, I don't care about. I don't want to watch Brock Lesnar versus Almost. I don't want to watch Wyatt versus Lashley. I don't want to watch Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul, even though it'll probably be one of the better matches. Yeah, I'm just not emotionally invested in any of these things, you know? No, yeah. I would have been really invested in, uh, you know, Sami Zayn versus Roman, but, you know, what are you going to do? Vince knows what we want more than we want. I guess. Or Paul or whoever's doing these things, right? Yeah. But yeah, like, it was just, I I tried giving, I don't want to say I gave Raw a chance, but I just, I paid more attention than I normally do just to kind of get a lay of the land. And man, it was not, it was not looking good. I think the only thing like you mentioned is maybe if night one ends with Otis, like getting the girl, getting Maxine Dupree, uh, then, then it'll all be worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so obviously the other thing, AEW, I do have one more that's not on my list we could talk about, but uh, that might lead to something a little bit longer, but it didn't happen on TV, but I, I go like, I, I'm done watching, uh, dynamite on Wednesday and get ready for bed. I'm going to bed and all of a sudden my phone blows up all these messages coming in. Oh my God. Did you see what happened? No, what happened? I watched dynamite and they're like, they just put up a thing on social media. Eddie quit AEW. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I go and I look up the thing and I'm just like, oh, yeah, OK, I'm going to bed, everybody. <laughs> um, so um, and we could go one of two ways with this and I'm going to tread lightly as best as I possibly can in regards to this. 
and preface it by saying uh, I am definitely uh, biased when it comes to anything involving Eddie, right? Sure. Um, I, I, you, we've sit here, we've sat here, and we've talked about how we all wish Eddie was in a better spot. We Eddie should be the champion. Eddie should win every match. Um, you know, he's the, one of the best all around, and these are all true statements, right? Um, but there's a lot more going on that we all don't know why things are being done in the way that they are. Uh, Storyline wise, I didn't get a chance to watch the first episode of Ring of Honor TV that debuted as we were recording this. Um, but as I understand, uh, Eddie quit AEW and then he showed up unannounced in Ring of Honor to challenge Claudio for the Ring of Honor world title at Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view, which is taking place WrestleMania weekend, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone can sit here and bitch and moan about that, but when Claudio made his debut in AEW, one of the things that we fans all wanted was that Eddie versus Claudio match. And now it's happening. And it's happening on pay-per-view for a world title. I don't know. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um... And we can all sit here and say that Eddie has been mismanaged. Yeah, Eddie has been mismanaged. I would book Eddie as Bob Holly thought he should be booked in World <laughs> Wrestling Entertainment, which is he beats everyone, kicks everyone's ass, and wins every title. <laughs> it don't work that way sometimes, right? Yeah. Um. All we could do, you know, un- unless we know the whole story, and I will admit, I don't know the whole story. Um. But all I could do is support the wrestlers that I like support my friends in their endeavors. And I know if it was me, it's not me. Um, I would like to not travel every week all across the United States and not get used on TV instead of stay in the state that I live in and maybe the town I live in. <laughs> and definitely wrestle once every two weeks and be on TV all the time and then pick my spots wherever I wanted to go anywhere else I wanted to go and, and still make the same amount of money. Yeah. That's what I'd like to do, you know? Still have the same, like, exposure for merch on Shop AEW, still have the same potential for getting figs made, you're still under all that corporate umbrella. Yeah. But- when I saw that, I was like, okay, he's going to Ring of Honor. You know, I didn't know anything about the tapings other than the fact that they, they announced like a million matches. But when, like, obviously, if, let's just say from an outsider, I don't know Eddie Kingston. I don't know anything that's going on. If, if somebody's quitting a company, the company doesn't then go and put it on uh, Twitter. You know, so it's like, all right, I immediately know this is storyline. And you immediately assume he's going to Ring of Honor. And I think that that's a good thing. Because I would like to see Ring of Honor set up as its own thing with its own talent, you know, and you can have some crossover for some big pay-per-views, but it wouldn't be a bad thing if the Ring of Honor people, for the most part, stayed on Ring of Honor, and that means we don't see the Ring of Honor belts every show on AEW, you know what I'm saying, and vice versa. So I don't think that's a bad thing, and having Samoa Joe, or not Samoa Joe, having Eddie Kingston be the top guy in Ring of Honor is a much more realistic and hopefully something that's going to happen because every one of us is like, oh, Eddie Kingston should be AEW champ. Eddie Kingston should beat John Moxley back when they were feuding. Eddie Kingston should beat MJF. As much as you want to wish that into existence, it just wasn't going to happen. 
He has the ability. He has the the fan support. But at the end of the day, he's not going to crack that top contenders like circle in Tony Khan's mind or whatever. So I think putting him in Ring of Honor gives him an opportunity. Oh to be that top guy, to be that shit kicker where you don't have to worry about, well, he's not going to break the glass ceiling because we're never going to have him beat MJF. We're never going to have him dominate Chris Jericho. We're never going to have him be, you know, beat John Moxley in a program, put him over in ring of honor where those names I just mentioned, aren't going to be there. And I think you can have two strong brands and then you could do like ring of honor figures in the same jazzware packaging but just with an ROH logo instead of AEW. I think it opens up a lot of different possibilities. I feel as though the idea is defin- to definitively have two rosters, but you're not going to see that official clean split until probably after uh the death before dishonor pay-per-view. You know, cuz there's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done between the two rosters. Sure. You got to have like you can't have Samoa Joe having two belts. You can't have if you're going to have Claudio be in the Blackpool Combat Club, then he needs to stay in AEW and he needs to drop one of the belts. Same thing with with Yuta, you know, make a decision there or move them or break up, break Moxley out of the Blackpool Combat Club and have Blackpool Combat Club just be uh, Yuta and Claudio and they're in Ring of Honor. Right. Yeah. It's just that there's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done. Um, this TV taping was planned and obviously, you know, uh, everything from where the firm was supposed to be and then Punk leaving to the, the untimely passing of Jay Briscoe, a lot of things have had to change. And like, you know, we as wrestling fans, unfortunately, sometimes, um, know that those things happen, acknowledge those things happen. You know, obviously these are two very different instances, um, but deal with them in the way that we're dealing with them. But then we want to get back to our wrestling. And why did this change? Or why is this taking so long? Or why is this? It's like, oh, yeah, we're forgetting that these other huge life changing, career changing, whatever events happened. And now those things need to be reshuffled as well. You know? Yeah. And uh, I, I'll just add, I would say add parenthetically, I really wish Ring of Honor got a TV deal, you know, because yeah, I think a real streaming. Sure. But. But that just doesn't count for me, and I don't know if I'm gonna subscribe to Honor Club. But I like I want to watch the stuff. But if it was one of those things where I got to make it a point to open up the app and and watch it, I'll, I'll always forget because I'm an old. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just wish it was more convenient. Where it's like, not that I watch NXT anymore, but back when NXT was good and it was on television and it was on Wednesdays and it had all these top guys on there, I loved watching that because it was a great brand. And that's what Ring of Honor could have been. But who knows? It might still be. But right, I'm just complaining right. that it's not available on TV. Exactly. But who knows? Maybe after the pay-per-view, things will change. But do you have anything else, Joe? Because that's all I had. I do. Um, all right. So, so hopefully this will be quick. Maybe not. Um, hmm. Christian's promo on Dynamite this past week, right? Yep. I thought it was awesome. Um, Christian is the heel that people think MJF is. (laughs) And I tweeted it out that after Christian cut that promo and to extrapolate a bit on this, um, I'm sure whatever verbiage they had planned for MJF to go out there, 
you know, whatever new lore has been added and whatever new girlfriend is broken up with them <laughs> and whatever football person bullied them or whatever it is, all these like pieces of truth that they expand on and extrapolate on and all this other stuff. Christian just goes out there and says like, here's true things. Your father's dead and he sucks. Your mom wants to bang me and so does your sister, but that doesn't matter. You won a title and that pissed me off. So now I have to end your career. Like he's not saying things that are cool. He's not saying things to get a pop out of someone. He's not using insider references. He's not tweeting things out to work people and reverse whatever engineer, whatever he's trying to do. He is cutting actual heel promos that are getting a reaction. And I may have gone back and forth with someone today quite a bit in regards to uh, uh, a lot of this mutual admiration society in regards to our feelings in regards to Christian as a heel and MJF as a heel. And listen, what MJF goes out there and does on TV every week is cute and it's nice, right? Christian has been doing this for 25 years. And in 25 years, if, if MJF keeps at it, he might be as good as a heel as Christian is today. I don't think he's going to be, but I think just like they should have called an audible and put the TNT title on Hobbs on TV between now and the pay-per-view, they should announce that there was an accident. There was something and MJF cannot compete. And the main or the, the title match at the pay-per-view ends up being Brian Danielson versus Christian for Mm -hmm. the vacant title and Christian is the new uh, AEW world champion. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far as to put Christian there over Danielson, but I see where you're going. And I will agree with you that uh, this week had two really good promos because that not only was that a great Christian promo, but it was also the best MJF promo he's ever done. Uh, it's the best one that he's done in front of a live crowd in quite some time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, man, I, I don't want to speak badly of MJF because he's never wronged me. And I'm sure, you know, behind the scenes, he's Mm. a stand up, he's a stand up guy, whatever. But like, I really hope that the MJF experiment ends soon and they, they push him down the card. I, I just hope that he's not a forever top guy where it's just MJF chasing for the world title or having the world title and back and forth forever. Because man, Anybody with half a brain that's watching this run that isn't MJF-pilled has to see that that this is too big for him right now. Maybe a year or two from now it will be different, but these are just bad, you know? So, let's get into it, okay? All right. All right. So, I will say um, I have no personal problems with MJF. My very far and few between interactions with him... Um, when I was on shows with him, we're nothing but positive, not to blow up his spot. He's a really nice guy. Okay. And I mentioned this on the show before. Okay. Yeah. The main problem with MJF currently in AEW is, uh, there's two buckets of fans. Okay. You've got your live fans. Okay. And you've got your online fans and he still, MJF still gets a great reaction from the live crowd. Okay. Hmm. And slowly but surely, during this title reign, the online crowd has been turning on him. For the most part. Not everyone. There's going to be people that are going to come privately and publicly and defend MJF and say, Master Plan, plans change, 
working everybody, all this stuff, right? But I'm seeing more and more people come around and say the shtick isn't working anymore, okay? So these two buckets were at one time filled to the brim of fandom, the live event fans and the online fans. But now that online fan bucket is starting to deplete a, a little bit, right? But there's still enough fandom in the on in the in the live crowd fan that he's still really really over. But how long is that bucket going to last, okay? Until the live crowd start not giving him any sort of reaction or not giving him the reaction that he wants or get tired of his shtick because the more and more he keeps doing it, the more and more the live crowd is not going to buy that stuff. He's not good enough to be that engaging for this long. And say what you will about Chris Jericho, okay? Chris Jericho is that character. He is that over. I'm not a fan of the current shtick that Chris Jericho is doing and has been doing in AEW for quite some time. But I cannot argue with his results, his his, his live, you know, uh, live event reactions that he gets, right? Mm. And the problem is... MJF isn't like Jericho has 30 plus years of being on TV and being a character in the world of professional wrestling that he can have that sort of interaction, that sort of reaction from the crowd for the rest of his life. And again, Christians that way to a lesser extent, Mox is that way. And Danielson is that way. And a lot of the other guys that were in WWE that are now in AEW, but MJF don't have that. And eventually the bloom is going to be off the rose on MJF. And when is it going to be too late that they're going to turn away enough of the fan base? The people that are like, okay, I get the MJF thing. I want to see him lose. And then the people are going to come back and say, I don't want to see him lose. I just don't want to see him on TV. But the problem is because Max has been pushed as such a large personality and a large character in AEW since the very beginning, he's at a point where he's pigeonholed, where he either has to be the champion or he has to be a Chris Jericho level threat on TV every week. Okay. Mm. And anything else than that is going to be perceived by the online fan base, the live event fan base the other wrestlers and MJF himself as a step backwards. And Hey, listen, man, there's no problem sometimes in taking a step backwards. If you understand how wrestling works, that if you are good enough, you can take one step back to maybe take two steps forward and maybe bring someone with you and elevate someone else. The MJF shtick is elevating no one. And that's the biggest problem. And it has a limited shelf life. And it has a limited return policy. And the longer MJF stays out there in this position as the world champion, the bigger a risk that they're taking. Tony Khan thinks it's a risk that's going to pay off. I don't. But as we've mentioned before, I'm the person that would have had Hobbs just win the belt on TV this past week because he was that over. And I'm also the person that would have Eddie beat everyone in the company and have all the belts. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned before, like the buckets and saying that his live reaction bucket is still filled. I would argue that he's not getting nearly the reaction that he got like prior to being champion, because if you remember prior to him winning the belt, unless they were in Chicago and he was feuding with CM Punk, he would get 
thunderous ovations from the AEW live audience. And over the last couple months, and maybe it's just because he's feuding with Danielson, but it seems to be that like his music hits and it used to, you know, bring the roof down. But now it seems like it's a very mixed reaction every time he comes out. Half the crowd booing him, half the crowd cheering him. And it just doesn't seem like the live crowd bucket is as filled as it used to be. And I agree with you. I don't want to see him like not be on television, but it's a shame. And maybe this is just me. But when it comes to AEW titles, I feel like the world championship is so high, high up. And then when you go down the all Atlantic and the TNT titles kind of feel like neither one of them kind of feels like the intercontinental title, you know, where it could be like this, not quite top of the, like top of the card guy, but like your best worker guy. Like it feels like there's a big disconnect. Like, you know, I love orange Cassidy. I think that this all Atlantic title run is great, but I don't think your average fan sees that title as just a notch below MJF's belt. You know, they, they see it as, you know, a mid-carder belt or a lower mid-card belt. And I just wish that one of those belts would be established as just being right next to the world title. You know, where it's like, oh, the guy who has this can be the number one contender of the world title. That way, if Mox is taken out of the world title picture, him going and challenging, or not Mox, I'm sorry, MJF falls out of that world title picture. If he chases after one of these secondary belts, it doesn't seem like such a huge demotion. If MJF is a year from now in a ladder match for the TNT title, people are going to see that as a massive failure. You know, so I wish that there wasn't as big of a gap between those belts. And I, I think they're trying with what they can with OC at the very least with that title, like the fact that he defends it on TV every week. The fact that he's like 20 wins in a row with defending the title, you know, it's going to make it hopefully a bigger deal that if and when the person beats him, they're able to elevate that person in the next step. Like, I think that whoever beats Joe for the title, like, I think Darby, you know, got the big pop for winning the title in his hometown. And then Joe had that great match with Darby to get the belt back. And hopefully, if whether it's Wardlow, whether it's Hobbs or whomever, when they beat Joe, I hope it's a decisive win. And that helps move them up to the next level because Joe is someone that's seen by both the online crowd and the live event crowd as a big deal. Yeah. And can I argue that, like, I obviously this OC run is amazing. Maybe having the title defended on television every single week hurts it in the eyes of the fans as being like a top tier title. Like, maybe have the TNT title, which is basically the TV title. Have that be defended every single week by whoever the next champion is and maybe save the All-Atlantic title as something that's maybe not defended as sparsely as the world title. But, you know, if the world title is only defended twice every three months, let's say, you know, maybe we do the All-Atlantic three times every couple of months. I don't know, like try to pump the brakes on it so that the defenses are a little bit more special and that might make it seem like a higher value title right and I'm, I'm with you and you know we could belabor this all night and i really can belabor this all night <laughs> but the tnt title is supposed to be that title that's defended on tv every week yep. and for a while when darby had the title it was uh both times for darby but with joe having the title joe as much as i think he's awesome and is a killer joe isn't the type of guy that should be on tv defending it every week no 
You know, Joe should be on TV every week, but he should be wrestling every week to make it a little bit more special. The All-Atlantic title, I I think the original idea for that belt was for it to be put on an international star, and that international star defends it internationally. Yeah. All of those, right, and all of those things being what they were, I think they put whatever the idea for the TNT title was a title that was defended on TV every week onto the all Atlantic title with someone who can defend the title every week and be on TV every week and have a good match on TV, TV every week in OC again, after this pay-per-view cycle, maybe those things will get mixed up a little bit. Maybe OC will drop the belt to someone or OC will go on a European tour and defend the belt a bunch over there. And Hobbs ends up being the TNT champ, and he defends the TV, the title on TV every week. You know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, but yeah. like I said, that was my point: is that it kind of seems like they got to get their belts in order, get the yeah. right people. Like I love Samoa Joe, I love Orange Cassidy. I don't want either one of them to not have success. I just wish that the belts were positioned in a different way. For sure. All right, Joe. Um, I think that's it for talking points. Yes. All right. Uh, I assigned you some homework this past week right but we're not going to go over it on the show no because uh, this, oh, yeah so adam assigned me to watch uh hitman heart wrestling with shadows uh but with the new month starting here all of the homework uh whether it be something that i assign adam or vice versa is going to be over on the patreon uh, they're going to come out on the same day because we're recording everything at the same time um, this is the first time that we're doing it this way, but, uh, if you want to hear our thoughts and get in on the discussion of what Adam and I thought of Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, go head over to atoddswrestling.com or patreon.com at odds with wrestling at odds wrestling at odds wrestling. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, thank you to all of our patrons who have subscribed so far. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. Um, and yeah, also don't forget to go to MassLibrary.com and check out our friend Kevin's write-up about Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. So he has some very interesting takes that I did not necessarily get from my watching, but maybe, you know, whatever. Him as a father, you know, he sees things differently than me, a forever bachelor. So go read that review. It was pretty good. And go check out uh, our review on Patreon. Yes. But moving on, Joe, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? We've only been talking about it for the last 20 <laughs> minutes, but yes. <laughs> Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. She is. Brian Danielson. No, no, Him no. too. <laughs> is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? All right, Joe. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, AEW Revolution is, unfortunately, on Sunday, which I'm fucking pissed off. If you're going to give me a five-hour-long pay-per-view that I'm going to enjoy, but it's going to be five hours. It should be on a Saturday. But there are eight announced matches so far, none of which have the designation of being on the buy-in. Joe, do you know the card? I think I do. All right, what do you got? Um, so we got, uh, as we've been mentioning here, we have the hour Iron Man match for the AEW title. 
of MJF taking on Brian Danielson. Yep. Uh, I jokingly said online that it should be a cinematic Iron Man match. <laughs> and I think I in uh, all the promotional stuff for it, I think Danielson said he's been pitching Tony for it to go on first. Uh, <laughs> only for the reason that the pay-per-view is taking place in the West Coast. And because it's taking place in the West Coast, it's 5 o'clock their time. And if their match is on first, he could be home by 8 o'clock and in bed. <laughs> All right, that's that's one way to do it. How could, you not, how could you not love Danielson saying stuff like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have that. We have, uh, for the TNT title, we have Samoan Joe versus Wardlow. Yes, sir. Uh, we have the women's title three-way match. Uh, Tony, or no, not Tony, um, uh, Jamie Hayter, uh, Ruby Soho, and Soraya, uh, for that one. Number three, yep. Okay. Uh, we also have, and again, this is where sometimes my mind, uh, gets away from me, because there's stuff that's been teased on TV, and I don't know if they've officially announced it as a match yet. Like, they didn't officially announce Christian and Jungle Boy yet, did they? Uh, according to Wikipedia, it is a no-holds-barred match, so oh, it's okay. official. So let's say that that is uh, a match I was going to say, right? Sure. Okay. Um, we have Jericho versus Ricky Stocks with the Jer- Jericho Appreciation Society banned from ringside. That is five. Uh, we have Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page in a Texas death match. Yes, which they keep referring to as Texas Death, which just annoys me. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, we have for the six-man titles, the House of Black versus Kenny and two other bums. <laughs> yep, that's uh, seven. Right. And I uh, and I will say, uh, they have not announced it yet, but whether it's the buy-in or not, just based on the way that TV has been going, um, I think we're also going to get uh, a Jade title defense. Against who? I don't like, know. They, they have, it's just going to be whatever random person like they're going to plug in? Right. That's pretty weak for a pay-per-view. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think we're going to get a Jade title defense, and I think we're going to get a six-man of whoever Marky's crew is, the varsity athletes. Is that someone? Yep. Uh, Josh Woods and Tony Nese and... Aria Davari. Aria Davari. I didn't know which Davari it was. Yeah. Um against uh lucha brothers and mark briscoe okay i can see that okay and that, I, you know what honestly that that match right there screams last minute pre-show match right. yeah and i don't know if it's gonna be a it's a rampage exclusive it might have been announced for rampage but i would put it on the pay-per-view which would be swerve and one of his goons against dustin rhodes and keith lee that also does scream pre-show, right? You know, because it doesn't need to be announced. It's not going to sell any tickets, but it would be a fun match, right? Um, but we have the main event of the pay-per-view, and that's the four-team match for the AEW Tag Team Titles. As your champions, the Guns, Colton and Austin Gunn, are taking on the acclaimed uh, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, and. Becoming a two-time AEW Tag Team Champion. I count the one. I count the one. Listen, I have pictures of him and Jay Lethal having their hands raised 
before Aubrey makes the decision. And that's uh, Jay Lethal and Double J Jeff Jarrett. Um, 100% Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal winning the tag titles, walking out of San Francisco, the, the Chase Center, this new fancy building that they're all excited about uh, as the AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, first of all, I hope Aubrey is the referee for this match no. so that when Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal don't win, you can continue this bit. And I know you hate bits, Joe, but this is one. What? <laughs> and I just want to go on record here that, you know, you I don't know what happened to you, man. You used to be a fan of Orange Cassidy, and I guess it just goes to show not only am I this show's biggest Eddie Kingston fan, but I'm this show's biggest Orange Cassidy fan. And uh, this Jeff Jarrett love is just blinded you to what's important. I'm not saying Orange Cassidy and Dan Howes are going to win this because I kind of got a <laughs> feeling that Acclaimed is going to get this thing back. But it's most certainly not going to be the zero time AEW Tag Team Champions, Lethal and Jarrett. I don't know. I, I have pictures in my dream folder of Jarrett as the Tag Team Champion. <laughs> um. But, and again, listen, Orange Cassidy's already a, a champion. He doesn't need yep. another belt. I know Danhausen says there's room uh, in his knapsack to carry around the two other belts, insinuating that Danhausen's not going to carry the belt himself. Um, this definitely should have been a different team than them, but like I said, we don't know what the specifics are as to why this was chosen. Um, not that it matters. That like Unless the other team... I really was hoping that the fourth team that was going to be in uh, the main event for the, or the, the match for the pay-per-view was going to be Darby and Sting. I, I had a whole thing planned that Tony is the booker of the century because he's just going to book every pay-per-view from here on out and making sure that there's a Sting versus Jeff Jarrett match of some kind <laughs> on every pay-per-view because this will be two in a row that they've been across the, the ring from each other. But doesn't work out that way. Uh, the bit is dead. Whatever. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know. Like, the storyline thing was that I, I guess the best friends were supposed to be in that rumble, but they were not medically cleared. And, I, you know, best friends would have been cool to be in this, but so wouldn't a bunch of other underutilized tag teams, you know? Right. But, uh, you know, like, maybe they were hoping FTR came back. I don't know. But, uh, obviously, your prediction for the tag match is Lethal and Jarrett. I say the acclaimed win. Okay. Uh, you say obviously Wardlow beats Samoa Joe. Ah, uh, maybe I'm so assuming torn. he's the champion. You know, yeah. And it, I'll say this: it doesn't matter who wins that match because they're going to lose the belt on Wednesday to Hobbs. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see Wardlow getting a quick reign and losing it to Hobbs. You know, again, it doesn't hurt. I want. I don't want any double champions. Yeah. You know, till we get all this shit straightened out. Um. The Elite versus my boys, the House of Black, for the trios title. What do you got? I don't care. <sighs> Make a prediction. Uh, Forget it. You're a jerk. Ju House of Black wins. Julia Hart beats up all the cronies at ringside. <sighs> Man. So it's all this negativity you have, Joe. The House of Black's awesome. The House of Black are awesome. So the root for them to win. Sure, they're not going to win. They better fucking win. Um, Jamie Hayter versus Soraya versus Ruby Soho. Tell me how Hayter's going to retain. Soraya's going to win the belt. Don't say that. Don't put that negativity out into the world. Oh, that negativity's already out there. 
oh man can you see uh, a scenario where it's just like i've seen people say soraya beats ruby so that hater stays strong but i, I could you see soho turning on hater and just joining the the what is it the outsiders or whatever they're calling themselves uh, the independent contractors. I don't know what the fuck they're calling themselves. No, I don't think we're going to get a definitive answer in regards to where Ruby Soho stands and all of this. That's going to lead to miscommunication with her and Jamie, which is going to lead to Soraya winning the belt. Yeah. I mean, you can always, uh, Athena hasn't been on television forever. Have her come out and be Soraya and Tony's heater. Mm-hmm. Athena is the ring of honor women's champion. She is. Yes. Oh. All right. I thought it was still Mercedes Martinez. No, Sor- I, I, Athena beat Mercedes at the last Ring of Honor pay per view. Ah, uh, Joe, you know how many Ring of Honor pay per views I've seen? I I would assume at least one. Uh, I don't think I've gotten up to one yet. <laughs> All right. Uh Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Huh. Jungle Boy is gonna win, but he shouldn't. <laughs> It should be Christian, and then they give him the world title after the match because he's so awesome. <laughs> do we, do you think we're going to see your favorite dinosaur during that match? No. Let's keep him away from all of this, too. All right. Uh, Jericho, Ricky Starks? Okay. I'm going to go left when everybody else is going right. Everyone else is predicting. Like, I don't know if you saw the original, like, match graphics for this, where the original match graphics said everyone is banned from ringside, and then, like, a day later it was changed to the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's them telegraphing that Action and Dreddy is going to come down. He's going to turn on Ricky Starks. He's not currently a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho's going to win, and then the following night, or the following week on Dynamite, they're going to welcome Entretti into the Jericho Appreciation Society. Okay? Okay. So I think most of that is going to happen, but I think they're going to do something to make Ricky Starks know that's going to happen and not fall for it and still win the match. Okay, so all that being said, Ricky Starks is winning. Ricky Starks is going to win. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or another, so I'll back your play on that. Uh, Jer- I think that- Jericho Jericho will lose more often on pay-per-view because less people watch the pay-per-view than the TV. <laughs> All right. Um, co-main events, Moxley, Hangman Page, Texas Death. <sighs> Hangman wins. Moxley gets his fishing trip. I mean, Moxley is ahead two to one, so this isn't like the rubber match, so it would make sense for Hangman to even this up. Yeah. Uh, I hope they have a, a purely sports entertainment match and neither one of them bleeds, because I don't know if any, oh. either one of them has anything left in them. <laughs> How much orange juice is Moxley drinking? <laughs> All of it. God damn, man. I mean, I, yeah, I hope Hangman wins only just because you want to keep him strong and you don't want him to go down three to one against Moxley. But if you were going to go down to three to one against anybody, it should be Moxley. But I see Hangman winning. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll even say this, um, you know, this will lead into the other part of this. Um, as much as I love Daniel Bra- uh, Danielson and he should win this match because of everything that we've discussed before about MJF. 
MJF is absolutely going to win this match. This match is going to be a giant fart at the end, no matter how good it's all going to be. And I have a feeling this match is going to be a lot better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Um, you know, when Max needs to go, he can. He just chooses not to go. Um, mm. But I think it's going to be some sort of fuckery finish. Jer- or Jericho. MJF is going to win, but we're going to get the build to the next MJF program is MJF and Hangman. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as much as my heart of hearts, I want Danielson to win. Yeah. Because I, I kept saying, like, for months now that I want him to have a run at the top because you never know when his bum card's going to expire. Nah, I um, think he's good. I, I watch the way he takes corners and stuff. He's all right. I, I mean, I hope so. But I'm just saying, as a fan, I want him to be champion. And if you say to me, who do you want to see on television all the time, MJF or Danielson? I'm going to pick Danielson every time. But yes, I agree. MJF is going to win. And I can see like, like, oh, right off the rip, it's going to be MJF's going to grab a steel chair and beat down Danielson, take the DQ loss, but he's going to damage Danielson. And then Danielson's going to scrape back and maybe tie it, maybe take the lead. But then there's going to be MGF is going to get the dynamite diamond ring and knock out Danielson for the win. And, you know, he's so smart and he's so swarmy and he's going to retain and it's going to be like a big fart. But I can see the match being like well done. It's not like MGF, like you said, is going to stink up the joint because he's a solid wrestler and Danielson's amazing and he's not going to let it be a bad match. Yeah, I I just... I have the feeling like we're going to get some dumb bullshit where, like, the fiancé is going to get involved, right? Okay. And, like, it's going to be something stupid like that. Like, we should all know that's MJF's fiancé at ringside, and it's all been a lie that they didn't really break off their engagement. You know, it's going to be something stupid like that. (sighs) Please, no. (laughs) Listen, this is just my thoughts on the process, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, looking forward. I'm looking more forward to this than I am Mania so far. Yeah, and as much as, like, we might be down on all of this, like, it's still going to be very good wrestling that they've done their best to build uh, over the last, like, several months on TV, you know, all things considered. Yeah. And and as much as you're going to not agree with me, I'm sure the Elite versus House of Black is going to be a fucking banger. Might even open the show. I'm sure they're going to do lots of cool moves. I just, you know, the third of the match I have no emotional investment in. So I really can't get into the match itself, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got, like you said, Julia Julia Hart. And uh, you got Kenny Omega. He's pretty good. So realistically, you know, only two out of the seven people that are going to be out there and um, maybe the right, maybe well, I don't know about that. You got rap. a Brandon Cutler out there. You got a Michael uh, Nakazawa. You got a Don Callis on commentary ruining things. <laughs> how, how excited are you going to be when, uh, uh, Takeshita <laughs> links up with, uh, Don Callis. Oh, I'm going to be so excited cool. for Takeshita versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next, Joe? I think, uh, I think that's it for. Yeah. For- we got phone calls. All right, let's do it. Uh, yeah, hello, boys. Uh, it's Ronald. Uh, just calling to let you know, I, I think I might have to put you on the list I can't listen to in front of my kid because it's just he is repeating the swears that you guys do. Adam Pan, especially. He, he, what? He, every time you do a swear, he points it out. Uh, so I'm going to need you to do less swears. All right. 
so I can <laughs> listen to your podcast when my kid is around. Um, you got anything you want to say back there? Yeah, because he was he said GD a couple times because of you and dude that is that is so very bad guys. Come on, I can't I can't have that kind of stuff happening, all right? Um, so yeah, thanks. Just do less swears for me, all right? <laughs> uh, no promises. Oh, I feel bad now. Like I like oh, anybody else had their kid on here, I wouldn't care. Like you know. Tom puts Noli on here. I don't care. I'll shoot right at Noli, but I feel bad for Ronald Two Legs and his kid. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to censor myself a little bit more going forward. Well, I'll I'll say this, Adam. And listen, if I'm not the opportunist, ooh, there's that word. Um, you know, if you want to wait a day or two and maybe put a higher Patreon tier up there, we can put like the clean version of the show up there. <laughs> yeah, it'll just edit out all the cursing, all the grease. It'll be like 15 minutes. No, the grease will still be in there, just less swears. <laughs> Not no swears, less swears. <laughs> yeah, I might miss a couple. If but. they say it on like a Nickelodeon show, it's okay. Yeah. All right, I, I do feel bad, but hey, I, I'm making it up to you, Pat, by uh, allowing you, or not allowing you, but having the honor of having you guest along with Ed on Adam and Ed do some nose beers and do a podcast. All right. And uh, so looking forward to that soon. I butchered the name, but I'm sure I'll fix it in the plugs. Yes. Uh, next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here. Thanks for your recommendations on the wrestling documentaries to watch. Um, I was able to fit in uh, Wrestling with Shadows. Um, at the current moment, I don't have, I'm not in on the uh, Patreon yet, but I will be here soon once I, you know, move some things around. So I'll be looking forward to listening to the thoughts on that for the show homework. Um, really entertaining stuff. Um, obviously, the easiest way to go in would ask for matches and such about, you know, Mr. Hitman. But, you know, it's Mr. Hitman. Um, well, trodden territory. Um, I want to talk uh, about and learn more about the um, weird, wild, and, well, altogether confusing um, Enigma that is Scott Steiner. Um, <laughs> you know, big pop and pump. Gotta, you know, he stands out. So, all right, let me know what uh, y'all y'all have. <laughs> yes, Joe, can you narrow it down? Uh, and obviously, the other JB did not say the Steiner brothers, so that doesn't count. He wants right. big pop and pump, big pop right. and <laughs> So, oh boy, this is gonna be rough. So as a, you know, we, we talked about this. So sadly, Scott Steiner, as Big Papa Pump, doesn't have very many good matches. Um, he's pretty much washed by the time he becomes Scott Steiner, like Big Papa Pump. He's practically immobile and injured all the time. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, um, he's got a bunch of good matches in TNA, of all things. But it's like there's the you know obviously the the Steiner math promo is infamous, but the match that it hypes up is J Samoan Joe, Kurt Angle, and Scott Steiner, right? Mm. And that's really good. Um, there's the January two thousand one pay per view uh, WCW match where it's Scott Steiner versus Sid. Um, not a great match. 
But obviously, it's a memorable match because of uh, the finish of the match and what happens to poor Sid. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I said, Scott Steiner really doesn't have a lot of good matches. Yeah, I think you're better off just looking on YouTube for like the best of Scott Steiner promos and just enjoy them that way. Yeah, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Is there anything that he had that was good? You know, we talked before about the match that he had from the Royal Rumble um, in 03 with Triple H. That's really bad. And it's like, I could point you out, like, the bad matches that he had, you know? He had a run where he had Stacey Keebler as his valet, so they couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. Oh, you want, okay. I think we talked about this on the show before, as I'm just trying to think of this. Um, Because, again, I can't recommend good Scott's uh, Big Papa Pump matches because they don't exist. Um, It was during the second Russo run in 2000. It was a triple threat match on a pay-per-view where it was Steiner versus Goldberg versus Nash, right? And that's the infamous match where, like, Goldberg doesn't come out. And him and Russo get into it because Goldberg is going against the script. Um, And again, it's like Steiner's always there for these weird, bad matches, you know, Um, as Big Papa Pump. Okay. Yeah, that's really all I got. All right. Can't all be slam dunks, other JB. Sorry. All right. So uh, JB calls back. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's the other JB here again. Uh, I forgot to put this in on my last call, and I I am not at my house, so I don't have my uh, Google Voice and microphone set up. Um, So, Dax Harwood, he had had some fun. Um, Personally, I think, you know, it's all kind of good. I think it fits in with um, Ed's tweet about um, not having uh, social media managers or AEW wrestlers, you know. Let the uh, grumpy dorks do what they do and, you know, let everyone know that they're grumpy dorks. Um, but I am a little disappointed that we didn't get that uh, Terry Funk uh, Ro- uh, Roadhouse spot in the uh, stadium stampede. That would have been fun, you know, because, you know, always got to have uh, always got to have that there whenever you can. All right. See ya. Joe, I was thinking about this because I don't listen to Dax's podcasts, and from all accounts, I, sh- I shouldn't. But has there been anybody that, over such a short amount of time, went from being like universally beloved by the wrestling community, as was FTR, to being dunked on as much as Dax is now? Like, obviously, they're not actively wrestling because whatever, maybe they're leaving, maybe they're not, maybe they're leveraging. But, like, six months ago, all of us were like, FTR is, like, the best tag team, maybe the best tag team in the world, at least the best tag team in AEW. And now they're a punchline. Well, you have to remember, toward the tail end of their WWE run, they were, like, bitching and whining. And, again, I want to say they, just Dax, um... You know, Cash Wheeler, for the most part, keeps his mouth shut, you know? Yeah. Um, And again, I don't know what Cash Wheeler's up to, but unfortunately, I know what Dax Dax Harwood is up to. And, you know, whether it be stooging things off to Jim Cornette and uh, his co-host for their podcast, or keeping friends with 
multiple time offending sex pests on the North Carolina Indies, getting them prime gigs of calling their matches when they get to do singles matches on the Indies. Um, but like Dax like did a lot to rehab his image last summer um, by like shutting up, staying off social media and just having good matches. But then when Punk left AEW, I think Punk was the one that was kind of keeping him in line. Hmm. And now that Punk is gone, like, he's a whiny crybaby on social media. He's a whiny crybaby on his podcast. He's still having good matches. But, like, and again, like, I don't think anyone or everyone should have social media managers, per se. Uh, But I definitely think that everyone should be a little bit more mindful of what they're putting out there on social media and just think that whatever you're going to put out is definitely going to be commented on and remarked upon and more than likely is going to be negative. And if you don't care and you're just happy that you're getting any sort of engagement, then I guess good for you. But you know, you're, you're doing a lot of disservice to yourself, Dax, you know, you like delete your Twitter, stop doing your podcast (laughs) And just go yeah. have some good matches somewhere. I think I'm going to read between the lines on your comments. And just my understanding is that AEW would be better if CM Punk was back. So, Ed, you win this round. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. Uh, thank you for call, JB. Yep. Next. next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Looking forward to the shortened show and then looking forward to the Patreon exclusive homework version of today's show. I'll listen to it at some point tomorrow. Um, all right. So I think Joe clicked like on this on Twitter. Um, but geez, when do we say enough is enough? You can't move. There's like, thank you for being a legend, a veteran or whatever in wrestling, but you can't move anymore. So Matt Hardy and Hook, like Matt, I mean, geez, Matt Hardy couldn't even like lay down to take the bump at the end of the match. It was just sad. We know his knees are bad and hips and everything else. But Lita was just, geez, it was so overprotected. And I mean, look, she's beautiful. She's great. She's a legend. She, you know, I, I was a big fan of her and all. But like, she doesn't need to wrestle. I mean, she she can't clearly. Trish looks phenomenal, and I'm guessing it's going to be yoga or whatever is going to be able to wrestle better than Lita can and did. But I don't know. I mean, whose fault is it? Who decides it is just because they're a legend and a veteran, you look the other way and let them do it. Um, Joe, do you see like uh, a, a potential for injury here? Not to them, but to the people they're wrestling, because if you can't do these moves offensively, then I can't imagine, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> If they can't execute moves, how are they going to take moves? How are they going to be in the right place with the person they're wrestling and all? It was bad. Have either of you seen anything so bad where someone's just so protected, but let's get them out there? God, it was horrible. Like, really, the longer these people stay in, you know, I I can understand Flair at this point. Matt Hardy should have stopped. Alito, why are you coming back for this? I don't know. It's embarrassing, sad fringing everything. That was just like my number one thing that stuck in my head this week from wrestling. And the fact that Matt Hardy and Lita both looking terrible is kind of interesting. But that's really it. I had nothing good this week, guys. Um, hopefully AEW is fun on Sunday. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I already mentioned this earlier when I was crapping on WWE, like that Lita couldn't run the ropes. You know, she could. I was shocked that she pulled off the moonsaults, but I was terrified for her when she was doing it. You know. Hmm. Uh, Lita looked real bad. Um, yeah. And yeah, listen, she's been doing this for a long time. You know, over twenty five years, she had a broken neck. Uh, she's out of practice. She should be at the PC working out this sort of stuff. Um, but her hot tag when she came in at the end of that tag match was one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever seen. And I know Kevin was a little all over the place, but that last bit that he mentioned is, is current day Matt Hardy and current day Lita as bad as Ric Flair was in the Ric Flair retirement match over the summer. And I say, absolutely not. There's a lot of room in between those two things. Um, Is it still really bad? Yeah. Is it Ric Flair dying in the ring and them wrestling around him bad? No, no. Um, But it does put the the situation up there for a higher chance of injury. Um, And again, I, I, I don't know what the deal with Matt Hardy is. Um, obviously he has the will and he's convinced a lot of people that, you know, and I, I will say like Matt Hardy is really trying to help get a bunch of other people over at this point. And I definitely think the Lita and Trish thing is, um, Becky and Bailey looking to just like check off like a moment for themselves, like getting to wrestle with Trish and Lita at WrestleMania is probably like a huge deal to them. And if this is what we need to do to get to that moment, then by all means, that's what we need to do to get to that moment. Let's just hope everyone makes it there in one piece and we don't care about the quality of the matchup, you know? Yeah. Uh, And to paraphrase someone else who's paraphrasing uh, Dusty Rhodes and that match on uh, Monday, Bailey and EO and Dakota were moving like lightning and Lita was moving like a slow block of ice. <laughs> I have two questions for you regarding both of those people, and I'll try to be quick about this. First one, do you think that AEW, Tony Khan, whatever, is still holding on to Matt Hardy because they're hoping to one day get the Hardy boys back? Yes. Give them that run? Yeah, Because you know, obviously they were positioned before Jeff had his kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. 100%. And the other one is, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm just an asking questions guy. Was Lita ever good or was she just better than like the really bad women wrestlers that they had at the time? Better than the really bad wrestlers that they had at the time. Yeah. So like maybe like even if she wasn't broken down, if she was height of powers, she would still look lost in there with like Bailey and Becky and EO and all that stuff. Uh, She had that one really good match, Lita. It was the main event of that one raw where it was her and Trish, Um, you know, and they busted their asses and they killed each other. And that was a really good match. But like, you know, everyone maybe has one if you try hard enough and. Lita did, but for the most part, Lita didn't have a ton of singles matches. She was mostly ha- like hidden in like short matches or multi-person matches, and that's yeah. what this is. But like, she was being hidden in multi-person matches twenty years ago when and like I, I, she didn't have a broken neck. Yeah, and I think the reason why Lita should is a Hall of Famer is not because of her in-ring stuff. It's because of like her with the Hardy Boys, her with Edge. You know, like her as. You know, a valet as a girlfriend, as a great, you know, complimentary piece. But 
Yeah. Right. Thanks, Aliens. All right. Last call. Young Ed. Pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I have an actual wrestling thing to talk about. It's like a current wrestling thing that's wrestling on TV. What? <laughs> hey, you guys. Maybe I'll know by now because we've talked about it. It's probably Impact. Um, are you guys excited for Brock Lesnar versus Almost? Because that <laughs> shit fucking rules. <laughs> like, people not excited for this match blow my mind. And I think if you weren't, you watch wrestling wrong. Because one of two things will happen, right? Brock will either go in there, have no respect for this man, eat him alive, and just throw his dumb, giant, goofy ass around for like five minutes and it'll be so fucking cool or he'll go in there with like a Dean Ambrose attitude and give him nothing right and have the most boring match possible and still make a shitload of money doing it and that fucking rules too like either option is great I am so confused people that I respect are like this is gonna suck what is it's so fucking wild it's so wild I don't know, man. Like, I won't watch WrestleMania, <laughs> but, like, I'll watch this. This will be my... It's like last year. Uh, all I watched was Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Um, so I guess WWE is good for that. Once a year, they'll put on some freak show uh, match at WrestleMania that'll that'll pique my interest. Um, Circle 6 is running Cleveland in nine days, and they don't have a venue or a card announced, and you can't buy tickets. <laughs> okay, bye. That's the hundred and one thousand dollar man, Ed Cody, right there. The star oh, oh. of Hayabusi, a wrestling adjacent podcast, coming in April to the soon to be named network. Hayabusi, isn't that how you're <laughs> supposed to say it? I, I think I've heard it both ways. Okay. Um, um, yeah, we talked about it before, man. Like, I think almost versus Brock Lesnar is going to be like a crazy match. It's going to be a spectacle. Um, the match was booked, I'm absolutely certain, because someone said, like, I wonder what it would look like if Brock gave almost the F5. <laughs> that's the only reason they want to see it. Yeah, so. yeah. And Morbid curiosity. Yes, and that's, I I think more matches in wrestling in general should be booked out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> All right, I want to see uh, Satnam Singh versus Riho. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. Book it, Tony. <laughs> Let's go. Let's put that on the pay-per-view. Let's put that on the buy-in. Are you telling me you put that for free on YouTube or whatever the hell it is, and you see Satnam Singh doing spots with Riho, you're not going to be like, what am I watching here? What is professional wrestling? I need to see more of this. You know, It's, it's all I want to see now that I have the vision in my head. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you to all of our callers. Yes. Once, thank you everyone again, for giving us a call. Yeah, I apologize once again to Ronald Two Legs and his child. Mm-hmm. I have no control over the phone callers. If they swear, that's up to them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hey, like I said, uh, you know, obviously you can help us out in many different ways. Uh, you know, obviously we have the Patreon where we're going to be putting some extra content up there. Um, I know Adam has some remastered versions of our original episodes going all the way back to our pilot episode, which was snuck in on an episode of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Uh, the homework is going to be there. 
Apparently a monthly picture of me is going to be there as well. I'm not really sure how long that's <laughs> going to last for. I've only got one good angle and Adam has it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, that picture. It's, it's scheduled to go live in a couple days. Oh, uh, I, I do have to delete every picture you send me from my phone uh, <laughs> after I post it. Because I don't want there to be like one day somebody's going through the pictures on my phone and being like, why are there hundreds of pictures of Joe Sposo and Alexa Bliss on this guy's phone? So I was like, let me get rid of at least one of the creepy things. There you go. <laughs> uh, but like I said, the Patreon's new. The Patreon's growing. The Patreon's evolving. Definitely check it out. Sign up. Uh, you know, Let us know. Your feedback is much appreciated. Uh, you could also help us out by signing up for uh, independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. It lets Jerry know you came to him from us and uh, gives us a little bit of a kickback if you keep your paid subscription with them. Uh, our Tee Public store, we have a bunch of different designs that are up there. The 35% off sale is next week. So we'll hammer that a little bit more then when you could save a couple bucks. Uh, also, uh, if you are an eBay person, uh, you like to hunt out rare items. You like to make an offer. You like to whatever it is that you do on eBay. I got myself something. I'm waiting for that 24 hour that I'm watching something to get that lower offer email to me. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're that type of person, use our affiliate link. Uh, to make any and all of your eBay purchasing and biddings and so forth. And like I said, we get a little bit of a kickback. A little less money goes to eBay as opposed to taking out of the pocket of the buyer or taking away from the seller. You know, they're none the wiser. Uh, just <laughs> eBay's VIG gets cut a little bit less and we get it. Yeah, Joe, would you call it an advertising fee? Um. If eBay's ad, like if the banner ads that eBay gave you to use didn't look like you were clicking on a site that was going to steal your identity, then yes, it's an oh. advertising fee. That's why there's oh. no ads. I don't know if we've uh, I've got really gotten into it. Like when you go through the tool that eBay has set up for it, none of the uh, banner ads that they give you has the eBay logo on it. Okay, it's just like. Here's a banner ad with like four auctions, and it, <laughs> it doesn't tell like, you right. It doesn't tell you where you're going, right? Yeah, it looks like an ad that you would see on like uh, what ProWrestlingInsider.com, where you, your computer gets attacked. <laughs> exactly. So I don't feel comfortable putting up something that doesn't clearly say eBay. So that's why there's no banner ads. But the link is in all the show notes, and you can find the direct link for it over at. Uh, at oddswrestling.com. Yeah. And, and just so you know, if you didn't realize, me me setting you up there, it was supposed to be, you're going to say, well, I don't know if they call an advertising oh. fee. That's what that, whatever. I just I want, said, I miss saying yeah. That's all I want. All right. Well, sad, I think sadly the cut of the fucking money is done for now. Oh, all right. But you know what's not done for now, Joe? These podcasts. And those podcasts include. Porch Talk presents Adam and Ed and Ronald Two Legs take some nose beers and do a Patreon. Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, If You Catch My Grift, Hiya Boosie, a wrestling adjacent podcast, and All Hail the Draft Show King. 
wrestling cheers where I will be on next week when I smash and stack Ronald Two Legs and Stacy Silvers. So check that out. And and what are you drafting? You're drafting an AIW card. Yep. Any anybody who's ever wrestled for AIW had to have had a match or been in a match, but has to be alive. I don't know. That's some weird rule. So that I guess Ed couldn't draft a show full of corpses. Listen, I, I'm just, well, listen, we could talk off air what I, I would book, but that's just me. Cause I'm a, I'm a rat prick bastard. <laughs> we'll talk pal. Yeah. You don't need my help though. You're the, you're the draft show King, right? That, that, that is true, but that is true. I, you know what? Maybe afterwards I'd like to hear what you would have done if you were on there. Right. All right. So I got nothing on weekly purchases. Uh, no secret screenshot. I've had a lot of screenshots sent to me this week, mm-hmm. but no screenshots that I've, I've had to take to send to other people this week. Okay. Yeah, nothing Nothing purged on my half. Uh, I, you know what? I have purged a couple like orders of things that I was just like, you know what? I don't need to pre-order this. I'll find it. and Or, you know, uh, we'll mention this on the... Uh, on the Patreon show, but I, I realized I don't need wrestling with shadows on Blu-ray. I just saw it. And I don't need to see it again for another 25 years. So I'll delete that pre-order, but that's all I did in purges. Uh, it's got a director's commentary. It's got a, a new interview with Mr. Hitman, you know, eh, save the 20 bucks. All right. Fair enough. But I did buy some stuff, Joe. Oh, me too. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. All right, Joe. Not a huge week for me, but I will start one thing thing off real quick. Uh, A cheap purchase I made on eBay. This is a figure that was going for like 60, 70 bucks, but it has kind of fallen down to earth. I needed it. It was the only Adam Cole elite style figure I did not have already, and that was an Elite 71. It's the one that came with the uh, North American title. Yeah, I got it for like 30 bucks shipped, which I thought on eBay was a good price. And like I said, it's the only one I didn't have, so I scooped that up. Okay. And you said you got a good price on it, huh? Yeah, it was like 30 bucks shipped on eBay. Well, you know, That's not bad. Taxes, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's partially because, you know, the heat is falling off of Adam Cole. And it's partially, I don't know, whatever, the wrestling figure boom is going down. But that was like an $80 figure when he signed with AEW. Wow. Yeah. And it's just the one that I happen to not have up until now, so now I'm good. I have all of them. Yeah. What about you, Joe? What'd you get? Well, I got both of my purchases. I know you do your things a little bit differently. A lot of times I'll do as I pre-order stuff. You typically will do things as they roll into you. But uh, just when I thought I was out of the micro-brawler game, I did my Gazintas, uh, and I did the math, and I'm like, I got my double J. I got an eye on the chase if I need it. I got my Eddie Kingston. I got my Orange Cassidy. I'm good. I I can make a reason why not to get any of the other ones. And then they fucking button hooked me and they put out a negative one 
uh, Brody Lee Jr. micro brawler, and uh, you know, the, I, I couldn't say no. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, they're a great family, and it's super cool to see. I, I hope they make it like tiny, like the Dylan Hornswoggle Postal one, so um, it's in scale to the other ones. I'm relatively certain they are because based on price, normally mm-hmm. the micro brawlers are twenty dollars. Um, and that one was like 18. Oh, okay. A smidge smaller. Yep. I don't know what the date on the release of it is, but you know, uh, I'd like to think that, uh, Brody and the family are going to get a cut of the fucking money on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I also pre-ordered that. I'm just going to take a quick look at the email to give you an idea of the fulfillment late summer. It says, so got some time on that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll come the same day as my Raven zombie sailor toy, right? Uh, no, you'll get the negative one first, but you mentioned all those names of micro brawlers that you have. Do you have the Brody, right? I do have the Brody. Okay, because you didn't mention him. But uh, I love the fact, I feel like just recently, and one of our listeners will have to correct me on this or back me up. I feel like just recently you said, like maybe like last week or the week before, that you were not a Micro Brawlers guy. You were done. And I said, there's yeah. going to be somebody, like a friend or something like that, that you'll you'll get one. And you're like, nah. And literally, it was just so funny. When I messaged in our group chat, I was like, hey, Joe, you out of the Micro Brawler game? <laughs> And listen, I did say I said it privately and publicly. I'm out. I yeah. thought to myself, and I'm like, I don't. I have an Eddie. I got an OC. I got a this one. I got a that one, or like any of the ones that like that I yep. would like people that I like or people that I'm friends with. When I would see them, I'm like, eh, I don't like the way it looks, or like I don't like what the options are. You I know, and I would Mr. make Hitman excuses too, right? to talk myself out of them. You know. Yeah, you have a Mr. Hitman, right? I do have a Mr. Hitman. Yeah. Um, I have a Macho Man. Remember when they did like the different Macho Man a day one? Oh yeah, I, I literally got rid of all those. Oh really? I still have just the one, you know? No, like I have the Macho that was the it came in the major pod crate. Okay. So I kept that as a Macho, but those ones where they were like available for an hour only, and we all panicked and jumped on it, and then they were like, now this one's available for an hour only, and they did it six times. Yeah. And I got got like three times, and then once they shipped, I was like, "Fuck them!" I sold them all. You know. <laughs> um, and I have like one Brian. I have the Stomp in Paradise Brian Myers. Yeah. And that was back before they had like the bubble cards. It was in the baggy, you know. Oh yeah, I have a I have a bunch of the baggied ones. Not as many as I as I do with the the carded ones, but I have uh, I have oh Jesus, I have the the, the Stomp Brian and Broski. I have the Bernard the Business Bear. I have El Generico. I have a Macho King. I have a bunch of those. They're not as easy to display. Yeah. Uh, I'll say it one more time, though. I'm done. Negative one. I'm out of the micro brawler game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait till the next one comes that you have to get. Looking All right. To it. I've already pitched my line of indie wrestling, like Northeastern, Lehigh uh-huh. area micro brawlers. I think those would be great. Get some concept art together. Uh, maybe more on that another day, but yeah. Um, uh, Joe, I also purchased, and by purchase, this was a pre-order, but I ordered the Coliseum Collection Ultimate Edition Ravishing Rick Rude and Jake the Snake Roberts figures. Gotcha. Yeah, I got my Terry Funk. Um, I for right now, I don't need any of the other ones. Yeah, no. I, if they keep this relatively, I, I how do I put this? As long as they're not 
pumping out a set a month. And as long as they're not scraping the bottom of the barrel where it's like, oh, here's jobber guy number two, whatever, I, I will buy all these Coliseum collections because I think they're cool. Um, but, like, we'll see what the talent is that makes me start being a non-completist, if that makes sense. I would have to see what it looks like, but the only one that I could see myself getting bit on with it is a Roddy Piper. Yeah. I mean, they could put Roddy with anybody, and it would be a, a, a must-buy set, you know? Uh, what I was dream-booking this the other day, uh, I'd love to see a Brett and Anvil, but in, like, the blue Heart Foundation tights. Yeah, like from Mania early, 2, sure. Yeah, like, super early blue gear, because you're never going to get that in a general re- release, you know? Right. That'd be awesome. What else did you get, Joe? Okay, another pre-order, and this one that I'd been watching for a couple months now, and it went up yesterday. Um, There was delays or whatever it is. Um, What is the name of the company? And again, I don't think it, well, um, okay, so I have the thing saved here. Uh, It's from rightstuffanime.com. Um, they are releasing all 77 episodes of the uh, early 2000s uh, cartoon Ultimate Muscle, uh, known as Kinikuman. Uh, there was a cartoon of this in the late 70s, early 80s that never made it over to the American shores. You might know Muscle, the little uh, pink, uh, non-articulated figures, right? Oh, yeah, that that's all I know. I didn't know there was a cartoon. There was a... Right, so there was a cartoon way back in the day. Um, I have dubs of those. And then when this was airing on Fox Kids, you know, obviously I, rem- I had fond memories of the muscle figures. I watched this, and this was a very fun, very goofy, you know, a very entertaining wrestling anime. And then I bought, like, the first, like, 22 episodes on dvd but it was like from a third party import thing and they were the japanese dubs and it was like completely different it was all changed it was everything else like that and then they stopped making it in japan and they continued making it in america but they never did like a full release of the american only episodes and now here we are i would say maybe almost 20 years later the full series is getting a release on blu-ray and like I said, I've been waiting for this forever. Only problem is, yeah, I don't have a Blu-ray that. player. <laughs> so you're going to get a Blu-ray player or a PlayStation 5? That's Well, I, I had someone very nicely reach out to me and offer me their PlayStation 4 uh, okay. at, at no cost, literally walking up the road and picking it up from their house. Okay. The problem there is, if I bring a PS4 into the house... That's going to invite my son to wanting me to get PS4 games. Yeah, and then you lose the living room television or the PS4 ends up in his room. Exactly. So uh, this is a pre-order. It's supposed to be shipping by the end of May. When I get that shipping notification, I'm just going to buy like a bare bones Blu-ray player, which you can get for like 45 bucks. Oh shit! They've come down that far. I was going to guess like a hundred, but you can get a bare bones like. Not name like refurbished, not name brand, whatever, whatever, for forty five bucks shipped. It probably doesn't come with any like HDMI cables. Nah, that's that's like two dollars on Amazon. Right, exactly. So 
that's but, what my plan is going to be when I get that shipping notification and I'll have it planned. So the Blu-ray player comes the same day as the Blu-ray, <laughs> uh, you know, then I'll sit and I'll watch all uh, 77 episodes of uh, ultimate muscle by myself. <laughs> Please everybody out there subscribe to our Patreon. So Joe can splurge on a not used Blu-ray player. <laughs> refurbished, refurbished. Uh, it's the same thing. <laughs> No, they fixed it and made it better, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, because if there's anything about electronics, they're always better after they were broken one time. Mm. You know. All right, Joe, my last purchase, and are you done otherwise? I'm done, that's it. All right, so my last purchase, and I'm going to turn on my video camera in a second just so you can enjoy it in real 3D. Um, but this was something that I was not in the market for. I didn't know that I wanted it until I saw it. And then I was like, I cannot not own this, if that makes sense. Right. And the only reason I stumbled across this is because I had an eBay save search that was a very wide net. And I'll get to that in one second as soon as my video camera comes on. And hopefully there it is. You can see there's um, a lovely co-host Alexa right behind me. But Joe, this popped up on my eBay save search the other day. And I immediately placed a bid, which is something I normally don't do. Um, I usually wait to the last second. But I wanted to make sure that anybody else that was out there knew not to fuck. I'm sorry, Ronald. (laughs) Not to mess with me. (laughs) Because I was going to own this. And luckily, I only had one competing bid. But I annihilated them with my max bid. And I am now the proud owner. Straight from the merch table of Chikara Wrestling. Uh-oh. A, hey! A wait repli- a second. A replica proletariat boar of Moldova luchador mask. Get out of town! It was like something that, like I said, I was not... Oh, I'm, trying, I'm losing on the camera. Um, I was not looking for it, but because back in the day I was looking for that boar Chikara card... Yeah, I still had the search. I forgot to delete it. And this popped up and I went to a hobby store and I bought like an Al Snow head foam mannequin head to stick it under. And this thing is awesome. And it wasn't that expensive. Uh, And like I said, I would have paid 10 times the amount that I paid just because of how cool it was. Um, I reached out to the boar for comments before recording this episode. And he was able to tell me that uh, uh, the... The person who was running Chikara, uh, <laughs> he had a, anywhere between 40 to 50 of these made and gave the boar about 10 of them to sell at the merch table. Right. Uh, and that the other, like, whatever it be, 30 or 40 that was remaining, they sold at the general merch. And the boar says that they sold out over the course of, like, two weeks. Okay. Uh, never, never to be made again. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they probably made some good money on these, but uh, I think it's hella cool. Uh, if I can figure out a way to to make uh, one more addition to the grease shelf, maybe a, a boar shelf, uh, <laughs> the detolfs, this will end up there shortly. But I think this is really cool. It's the old googly eyes boar, you know, <laughs> before he became uh, too massive. For the eye holes to be covered, you know? So, I have a question. Um, and again, have you put the mask on? Uh, I did not. Okay. I did not. Because I just didn't... I I don't know if it's been washed. I don't know if somebody was wearing it. 
It looks pretty damn clean, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't. I thought about it for a second, but I didn't do it. Could you do me a favor, take it off the, the Al Snowhead, and I'd like you to look inside? I would have to unlace it. Oh, okay. So what, what are you, you going to look for? Maybe I could see it. Well, you're not going to be able to. Um, I want to see if there's like a mouth opening, and if there is a mouth opening, if um, they're actually cut so that the person wearing it could actually breathe. <laughs> Why was Jakar suffering people, suffocating people? Yes. Um, uh, there is not a mouth hole. Okay. I and can then feel my fingers here because the snout, the tusk, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it is one solid piece with no vents. And then I'm going to assume that the eye holes themselves, probably like how there's a mesh, like that would look like the eyes that the person wearing the mask could see through it. Yeah. It's good. There's probably a covering underneath that. Um, no, it is just like mesh. Okay. It, it's one layer of mesh. So it looks like you could see aside from like where the little pupil is. Yeah. They're right there. Like that's the only solid piece, but this you can clearly see through. Okay. okay. So you would suffocate, but you'd be able to see as you're suffocating. Right, so these masks, Bor made his debut long after my wife had any involvement with Chikara, and whenever these group of masks would come in, whether it be the Fire Ant mask, the Lowe's Ice Cream masks, whatever mask would be coming in, they would come in and there would be a mouthpiece, but there would be like, um, like it's like, here's where the mouthpiece would be, but we did not cut that part out. Here's where the eye holes would be, where the mesh would go over, and the person puts this on, and they'd be able to see through the mesh part. But there was the fabric that the inside of the mask was made over that was not cut out around where the mesh part was. Okay. So we would get there. We would have, like, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday shots, or we'd have, like, the Saturday, Sunday shots, or whatever it was. We would get there. My wife would get the bin of masks. And while she was doing merch, she was cutting all that stuff out so that we could actually sell masks to people that they could wear and breathe and see through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you would be able to cut a mouth hole in this one just because, again, the the snout is there. You yeah. know, so uh, but whatever, like I said, I'm not going to wear it. it's going to be proudly displayed. And uh, yeah, I think it's cool as heck, you know, Absolutely. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, God, I, I got to get this. You know, this is uh, hopefully the board doesn't think it's weird, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure he I'm sure he'll tell me if he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you're and I hope there. he kept at least one of his. Yeah, I was talking to him about, like, just how many uh, versions of the original mask there are, you know, like the actual not merch versions and uh you know, does he still have them and has he sold them? It's a it's an interesting conversation that he should put into a microphone one of these days. Next time somebody interviews him, ask him about it. For sure. Yeah. But uh, that's it for me on weekly purchases, Joe. Yeah, and that's it for me as well, I think, at least for this portion of the show. Um, oh, I, I have it loaded. Um, nothing uh, got you upset this week? Nah, I've been pretty low-key. Uh, I've been good. All right. Well... Uh, I think that ends everything. This was uh, episode 231 of At Odds With Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy some wrestling and be safe out there. I flipped it because I'm all confused. (laughs) Okay, bye.
listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.